0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Salas, and today I have a guest, and his name is Chris. You want to say Hi.
0: Hey guys, how's it going?
1: Uh, so Chris is a really good friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends since middle school, and to this day, um, we talk about football like all the time. So I figured I'd have you on so we could talk about what week was this? I don't even pre- I didn't even prepare for myself. Week, eleven. Week eleven. Week yeah. eleven. Okay, so we're gonna talk all things week eleven today. Um, did you watch the game last night, the Thursday night game? The Thursday night game. Yeah, it was Bears uh, Vikings.
0: Uh yes, I did see I saw that yeah.
1: Okay, so I wanted to start with that game first. Um I actually I wasn't even prepared at all to jump in. So let me uh let me get the week 11 stats. I know it's really unprofessional of me, so let's do that. NFL scores it was a pretty bad game to say the least. Like it was just a manhandling by the Bears.
0: It was the Khalil Mack show.
1: That's oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Whenever he's out there, it's the Khalil Mack show. Anyway, let's uh, we'll start with that. So the Chicago Bears move on to seven and three. The Minnesota Vikings move on to five, four and one. And it's not a good look for the Vikings, especially against a division rival. Um, they again they're trying to make the playoffs, and they just got got off a bye, so they had more than enough time to prepare for Khalil Mack, and they just didn't show up at all. So. What, what do you think about the, that game as, like, as a whole? Because, you know, last year the Vikings were one game away from making the Super Bowl to a team that now has, like, a subpar record. So what do you think of that, especially this division as a whole? What do you think?
0: I mean, usually this this division is one of those weird divisions where you never know who's who's going to take it. I mean, because it has, what, it has the Packers in it yeah, uh, and the Lions, Lions,
1: too. Bears, Vikings, and Packers, Packers
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, there it's it's a it's a weird division. I mean, we, I feel like with adding Khalil Mack, that that defense is just that's what they needed. Cause I mean, you have what is it, Eddie Jackson, who got was that his name, the guy that got the pick? He six? got
1: the last pick, yeah, pretty yeah. much to solidify the game from there. I that mean, was he, like-
0: and he's all season he's been doing stuff like that. he's been getting fumble recoveries, interceptions. I mean, they're secondary they have Amukamara too, who's been pretty solid as a
1: Giants fan I miss him so much <laughs> he's, he, I mean, we yeah, shouldn't have he's, let him go but like at the same time it was around the post era of the Super Bowl where we mm-hmm. were trying to build a different kind of team at that point point. and I was hoping when he was a free agent there was rumors that he was going to come back to the Giants and he ended up signing an extension with the Bears and he's still there to this day and he's still killing it and he's been in the league for a while now I know, he's not I as old as you think I think he's like in his early 30s
0: I know it feels like he's been there for so that means
1: he was like extremely young when he won those Super Bowls those two yeah. Super Bowls so, yeah. Um, so, I don't think I said the final score, but it was 25-20. to 20. Bears took the victory, and like we mentioned before, it's pre- it was pretty much the Khalil Mack show. Right. And um, this dude was insane. I don't know if you saw that clip, but um, he came off the edge, and I forgot the name of their left tackle, but uh, he pretty much took one hand. The guy is like 320 pounds and just shoved him to the ground. Yeah, yeah. I saw and that. this is the guy that, you know, who came from the Raiders, and they just let him go. I don't know how you let a player like that go for a couple first-rounders. That's not going to make up for the kind of player he is. You can give me, like, ten first-rounders, and I'll still take Khalil Mack, because I think he's just that guy. Like, you take the Bears. I don't know what their record was last year, but they didn't finish that great. Obviously, they didn't win the division, because the Vikings almost made the Super Bowl, but they're now 7-3. and three. I think they're first in the division right now, and mm-hmm. I think it's theirs for the taking, as of right now.
0: I mean, I would say, as of right now, yeah, you know, they, they definitely have the opportunity. It's just Aaron Rodgers, it's hard to count him out.
1: It is hard to count him out, and especially last year. Was it last year or two years ago where he said he was just going to run the table and he ended up winning like seven games in a row? It had
0: to be two years. He was injured last year. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So two yeah. years ago. Yeah. So, um yeah, good to point that out because I completely forgot he broke his collarbone last year, but, um, mm-hmm. To say, it, it is hard to count them out, but now they actually, their playoff chances actually moved down. I forgot where they were at. They were, like, at a good medium, and now they moved down to, like, 31%, which means, like, they're basically almost out, basically.
0: Well, I mean, it's just the NFC is tough. I mean, the AFC, they still got good teams, but I feel like the NFC, you know, you can be 7-3 or, you know, 6-4, and four and you might not even be in it, which is crazy when you think about it you know yeah. years ago you're six and four seven and three it's like you're how are you not in the playoffs now you can have a team that's seven and three and they're on the outside looking in trying to get in still
1: yeah so but uh the, i think the main drama right now is uh, mike mccarthy people are mm-hmm. a lot of packers fans want him gone they mm-hmm. don't want him anymore they want some other coach but to me i want them to like pump the brakes a little bit because listen mike mccarthy was winning your divisions year in and year out that's why he's still the coach to this day but um, the main reason why they want to fire him is because there's a lot of missed opportunities so far this year, especially that last game where it was like fourth and two, and they were close to winning and they oh, had the punted, opportunity right? to move on and they they punted yeah. like a four and one for, or four, or four and two and they decided just to punt it away. Didn't mm-hmm. give your team the opportunity to win against the Seahawks team. That's like They're whatever. All right. They're okay. Yeah. And you have the Packers where you have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones is showing out. You pick them up in fantasy and. Mm-hmm. And he's actually shown to be that number one running back, and you put that to waste through that game. So. I mean,
0: even uh, even Devontae Adams, he went off too. He had almost 200 receiving yards. He had like that's their number one. See, that's a, that's yeah. a
1: team where it's all solidified, and you have, you know, the Seahawks who are getting better with their offensive line. They were awful last year. They got Chris Carson, and I believe they made the biggest mistake of their lives by drafting Rashad Penny in the first round when he's only a second-round talent at best and where they could have gotten another offensive lineman or another, wide like, number one receiver. Was their pick before or after the Falcons?
0: Their pick? um, Unless they traded up, it had to be before. They were
1: at, like, the tail end. They were at at the end of the thing. Because
0: we – they didn't make the playoffs last year, and the Falcons did. So they should be – they should have had a pick before, unless they traded with someone. I'm going
1: to double-check with that because – because I know there was plenty of people available, and they decided to go with, uh, what's his name, Rashad Penny, and they didn't yeah. have to. Uh, so, let's see here. Uh, who are we talking about? The Seattle Seahawks. They were the 27th pick, and they went with Rashad Penny. And Oh, oh I was going to say that they could have gotten Calvin Ridley, but the Falcons were the pick right before 26, them. 26, right? Yep, yeah, 26th pick in the draft. And... Um, what else we got? And then Terrell Edmonds was after that. And so uh, there wasn't many people on the board, but you could have taken someone else. Like, you could have taken Terrell Edmonds. You need to – their defense, like, you know, Legion of Boom is, like, mm-hmm. gone. So yeah. that could have helped you if you have taken Terrell Edmonds. He's a big help. But Now he's on the Steelers, a team that's a playoff team year in and year out. And you took Rashad Penny. When you knew last year Chris Carson was your guy even before the injury. Like, ankle injuries and with no ligament damage, that wasn't going to end his season. So I'm not sure why that's where they went. But, again, that's the whole – That's this is the whole – what is it? The NFC North? That's what they are? Yes. The NFC North. And so to me, I think it's the Bears' division for the taking. Um, mm-hmm. So let's move on to some game stats here. We got Kirk Cousins. Um, he threw 30 for 46, 262 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and those two interceptions were one of the worst things I've ever seen when I first saw the game because – He was kn- terrible, overthrowing. Yeah, yeah. And he's a quarterback, as I know, because I'm a Giants fan and you watch Eli Manning and when you see Eli Manning go out into the field, there is an 85% chance he's going to either throw a pick or just a short completed pass to Saquon Barkley or Odell on like an out route or like Mm -hmm. a slant, as they always do. So you're always worried a quarterback like Eli Manning to throw a pick. But Kirk Cousins, this game, when he went out there, I saw that in him. Like whenever he went out there, I'm like, he may throw another pick this game. Mm Mm-hmm and so those two interceptions definitely showed more than those two touchdowns um one of them was in garbage time i think at the end of the game i missed that it was like the last like three minutes or so yeah. and now their touchdown was to i think aldrick robinson i think yeah. in the end zone and so and at that point they're already behind and uh yeah so i don't think it was definitely a bad game by kirk Cousins. What I've heard from Vikings fans before at my school is that they shouldn't blame Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, their offensive line didn't play as well either. Again, they are going up against Khalil Mack. What are you going to do? But again, you went through that whole bye week right before this week. I feel like you have so much time to prepare for a player like that that you should come out. And that's a must. that was a must-win game. That's why I think now the Bears are going to take the division. So that was a game they really needed to win, and that didn't happen. So...
0: I mean, it's tough because the Vikings paid big money for him, too. They're paying big money.
1: All of it's guaranteed money. Exactly. So So. losing that game doesn't change their minds about him because they have him for another three years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's not really a punishment for him. So Kirk Cousins coming out of this game, obviously a bad performance, but at the same time, What you get is what you're paying for is what you're getting, and you're not. There's nothing you can do about it, pretty much. I think they're going to be fine. I think Kirk Cousins, especially when he was on the Redskins, he was perfectly fine over there. He held his own, and that was a way worse team. And um, I feel like now, as on the Vikings, I expected them to make a run like they did last year, and they would make it past that NFC round that they missed, just to end up back in the Super Bowl. Uh, That's why NFL is one of the. That's why football is one of the best sports ever, because you don't know what's going to happen year in and year out. You don't know who's going to make the Super Bowl this year. So every year it's usually like the Patriots and some other team in the NFC that ends up showing out, and that's kind of like the the factor that we're unsure who the other team's going to be. But now it's like Patriots may not even make the Super Bowl this year. I know. you got the
0: Chiefs who are in the AFC that uh, they, could, they can beat them out.
1: Yeah, we're going to preview the Rams and the Chiefs game a little later. We're going to watch that tonight gonna keep a close eye on that but for now let's take a look at their rushing here for the vikings um you got dalvin cook nine carries 12 ru- 12 yards um and he only averaged like a a yard uh, per carry and he also had that one fumble that kind of changed the pace of the game which is pretty bad you got this guy coming off an acl tear who last year was doing pretty well up to that point um do you think he'll be able to come back from this uh not the fumble in general i mean like after acl injuries are bad especially for the nfl as a running back it definitely took a toll on like Adrian Peterson's career. It takes a toll on a lot of people's careers. Um, do you think, you know, Dalvin Cook, as good of a running back as he is, will he be? Will he be able to bounce back to that caliber he was playing even before the injury?
0: I mean, I think an important factor is uh, his his age. He's very young. If you remember Jamal uh, Charles, he tore his ACL and then he came back the next year and it was a non-contact. He just went to cut, his knee gave out, he tore. The exact same it's the,
1: the they literally had the same injury Like yeah. non-contact, nothing They were just making so, a cut I mean, I But that like changed his career for forever Because now Kareem Hunt's the guy over there yeah. And he ended up going to the Broncos He didn't have the role that he wanted And then he was picked up by the Jaguars When Leonard Fournette went down with an injury And they just cut him So mm-hmm. that again, it changes your career That one simple injury can change everything So do you think he'll be able to play back To the caliber he was before? It's only his second year
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think he can. I think as long as you know he's in the right mindset, he's gonna he's gonna get there. It's it's a tough recovery. I mean, you know, he's cleared to play, but that doesn't mean he's a hundred percent. There's there's still gonna be you know times you're gonna make a cut and you're gonna feel it. You're you're not gonna be able you know maybe your leg will give out. There's gonna be issues that go on. It's not gonna just you know be all right. That's that's a that's an injury that that goes with you your whole life. It
1: carries forever. And as a person, I tore my ACL as well. Not nothing. With football, it was actually after, which mm-hmm. is very strange. I've told this story hundreds of times, but anyway, I tore my ACL, and to this day, it it sucks. It gets sore all the time, and it's a ligament. It's not a bone, so yeah. and the, again, that's it's really tough. And then, well, on the other on the other the bright side of the Vikings, they have Latavius Murray. They don't have Jarek McKinnon anymore. He tore his ACL, also. Mm-hmm. He's playing over there for the Niners in San Francisco. And I think Latavius Murray, is. I think he can carry that workload even when Dalvin Cook's not there. He definitely did last year, especially when Dalvin Cook was out for the season. And again, they almost made the Super Bowl. Um, So do you think if Dalvin Cook doesn't get back to the way he was, I personally think he will. Do you think Latavius Murray will be able to carry that load if that so happens? Like he needs to fulfill that role.
0: I mean, I think he could. He, he's one of those, like, odd running backs that – he was in uh, Oakland before, right?
1: He was in Oakland, and he was one of the better running backs in the league at that point.
0: Yeah, like, he, he kind of, like, you know, a, a guy that you don't hear of. You know, you hear, like, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt. You got, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette. You hear these names coming out of school. You didn't, you didn't really hear of Latavius Murray. He, kind he of is just, an older
1: guy also, so yeah, he, some people are, like, worried that – you know you need a good running back in this league it's changing the game like you got running oh, backs yeah. being drafted by by the f- first five picks in the draft now and back then it was always second round picks third round picks that's how you get your running backs and it's once in a lifetime talents that are that are the ones being drafted within the top 10 who are running backs usually defensive players or quarterbacks like the last per i think Whoever set that trend first was, I think, Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. And from then on, everyone was like, you got Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley being drafted in the first five picks. Mm-hmm. And I think the first person, like, again, it's generational talents. People, you drafted Adrian Peterson. I think he was 2007 draft, I think. Mm-hmm. From what I know, he was the seventh pick. And that was the last time running backs were even picked within that time. So, yeah. um, you know, you know, running backs are changing the game. So hopefully that'll help them out a lot. Let's move on to the receiving game here. Got Stefan Diggs having a pretty good game. Uh, 13 receptions, 126 yards, and a touchdown. He averaged 9.7 yards per catch. Um, this guy's just really, really good coming out of Maryland. Um, him and Adam Thielen, or I think I saw a stat during that game. It says they have the most yards uh, within two wide receivers on the same team mm-hmm. since Reggie Wayne, and I forgot his other name. The was other it guy Marvin Harrison was that Yeah, was? I think Marvin Harrison and that's that's honestly crazy. Oh, no, to me.
0: wait a minute. It was a tight end. It was Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark, that's you got it. Was. Yeah, yeah. It was some weird white name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think that that's crazy. And for a team that's 5-4 and 1, that's that's not good to hear cuz when they when the Colts still had Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, and they had Peyton Manning at the time, they were winning a Super Bowl yeah so i feel like if you have all these weapons i feel like there's really no excuse as to why you're not winning these games and this was again this was a must-win game like you could you can't like this is a game as a statement to your division like oh we can still compete here but um it didn't happen so we'll move on to adam thielen um the other guy as we mentioned before he had seven receptions 66 yards did not reach 100 yards like he did the first eight games of the season To me, that's just absurd, and I don't think this guy will ever be considered one of the top receivers in the game for the lone fact that he's white. (laughs) Seriously, I don't think people are going to take him seriously, and I think people should because uh, his story is crazy. He was undrafted, Minnesota guy, went to to a Minnesota, Minnesota college that was like D2, and then... He eventually went into the practice squad. He got brought up, and that's where he is today. So I think that's – you know, again, these are great talents. They're basically two number one receivers. Mm -hmm. Every team usually has that number one guy and then that subpar number two guy. But you have two number one wide receivers and a quarterback who just got paid the big bucks, and he is a pretty good quarterback. So it's really weird. It's really tough to see this team taking a downfall a little bit. So I I –
0: it, the, the only good thing is, is that you know they got cousins for a few more years. Cook is still young. Thielen and Diggs, you know, they still hopefully got some time as long as they don't get injured. You get what is it? Kyle Rudolph. He's their tight end. He's you know he's
1: been doing nothing all season, as well as every other tight end in the league. But he's yeah, one of the better tight ends in the league. So
0: I mean, you know, they they got they got the team to where you know they they're they're not going to be losing key factors. The only key person I could think of that they'll be losing soon is on the other side, uh, Xavier Rhodes. That's it. He's, you know, getting Is towards, he still out? Uh, I think he was playing. I think he was okay, playing. Okay, I
1: wasn't sure. I actually didn't hear any updates when he came back from yeah, injury.
0: But, but he's, like, the, he's one of their big guys on defense that, I mean,
1: you know... That's another thing. It. You have an elite defense who was in the top with Jacksonville, who's now bad. So the whole yeah. league pretty much flipped upside down this year. Now you have the Bears, who had a subpar defense, turned into a better defense because you add the Khalil Mack, and then you have the Vikings... Who already had Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, who's been Sandeo. out for a while, Sendejo, all these names, all Pro Bowlers. Mm-hmm. And you mean to tell me you're five, four, and one? That's actually not good at all. Uh, yeah, it's, that's not that's not a good sign.
0: It it's is not a good sign. I mean, you know, especially last year with the run that they had. It's basically the same defense. It's not like you know Philly. Nothing where has
1: changed. They uh, they made some minor differences. Who did they sign coming? Out, I think from the Bengals. What was his name?
0: Was it Iloka? Iloka, no, it was. yeah. They signed
1: him. So I and I don't. I don't think he's playing this year because he's on an injury. But that's a big piece. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really make much changes again. Where they they changed their quarterback. That was about it. And that was yeah. the big change they needed to make to make the Super Bowl. And now they're not even in that position right now.
0: Well, what's tough too is I mean you would know that they lost Shermer. He was their play caller for their offense. That's, he was. That that I mean you and know we're like, gonna
1: talk about him later with the Giants. I think he's a perfect fit for them. But you know
0: I mean. You got, you know, your offensive coordinator. It's the same thing, you know, as a Falcons fan. We saw the same thing with Shanahan. I was just going to say that, yeah. Shanahan, Shanahan left. Shanahan is amazing. He's going to end
1: up winning Super Bowls in the next five oh, years. Oh, yeah. Like I'm our, telling you.
0: Shanahan left in our offense, you know, same weapons. We got more. Cause, we you have you know, we Sarkeesian
1: got now, who's, not, who's one of the worst play callers in the league.
0: Honestly, I mean, you know, I'm You're not... Lucky
1: to have dan quinn because he's the one who's like you listen sarkeesian you know we need to run these plays instead of the ones you want to do because he's holding it down he's a good coach
0: i mean and you know i'm not a huge fan of sarkeesian you know i'm not gonna sit here and bash my team you know i'm still a fan but you know we i think what's tough and he's in a tough position because you know you had you had kyle shanahan who's like a mastermind on offense
1: he's literally he's literally like him and sean mcveigh are like that, that's it like, like literally the same person And they were yeah. both on the Redskins At one point point. Mm-hmm. So. And
0: then you know you, you have that And then it's kind of hard to, to top that So now anything behind that You know we still have the talent But the play calling When you have like You know an A plus play caller You can't beat that So now you know Anyone coming in It could be The second best guy Where people won't be a, You know happy about it Because they're like Oh well Shanahan was averaging 30 points a game Right Matt Ryan was MVP You know Julio's putting up All these numbers now people are just complaining because it's not—it's not that.
1: Yeah, so I definitely do think offensive coordinators are a big part of your offense, and that's changing everything around. Like if Pat Shermer was still around and you ended up acquiring Kirk Cousins. I don't, I don't think they would lose more than two games this year. They, I, I honestly would, think so. Would,
0: I mean, you know, as much as Eli's been having issues under him, he's not the offensive coordinator. Yeah. He's – He's. I think the offense – That's why everyone's been, putting
1: the blame on Eli now. Yeah. Not the offensive line. The offensive line's actually better than it was before. And you have all-new coaching. The Giants did everything the fans and everyone asked them to do. Yep. They just got to put it together. And they're like two pieces away, I think, from well, being well, yeah, a caliber I mean, team.
0: They. They Everyone was basically saying, you know, going through social media, hearing on radios, people are saying, don't screw it up, get Barkley. You know, because there was a talk that they may be getting... uh, You think
1: about it now, that was one of the best decisions they probably could have ever made. Oh, right
0: now. he's he's, Even though, you know, the line is... They're not as bad as they were, but they're not, you know, a top line. But him running behind that line... Is a, he's amazing?
1: Imagine yeah. him having like the Colts have one of the best lines in the exactly. league right now. If they had a line like that, because there were rumored we were gonna get Quentin Nelson, like we were gonna trade down with the Bills. Mm-hmm. We didn't end up doing that because I think Shermer is a running back guy. That's why they mm-hmm. got Dalvin Cook in the second round. He was one of he was the big part in the reason why they got Dalvin Cook. And you see where they went. So when he was going down that same route, grabbing Saquon Barkley. Again, that shows how big of a difference an offensive coordinator can make. Mike Zimmer can only do so much, and he's an amazing coach. I think mm-hmm. he's fantastic. And, um, but anyway, we'll move on here. But that, that was pretty much our point was offensive coordinators are a big part of an offense, obviously. Uh, but some people overlook that because their head coach is still around. That, that doesn't make much of a difference. But um, we got Aldrick Robinson, not doing much, but he did reach the end zone, and it was in that pretty much garbage time. Uh, two receptions, 24 yards. And a touchdown. Everyone else was pretty quiet for the most part. And I want to talk about their defense for just a second. They didn't do too bad, but you got Eric Kendricks uh, making 12 tackles on the day. You got Harrison Smith, uh, seven tackles. He's obviously a great player. And then you got, we forgot Trey Wayne. He's also a part of this defense. Uh, Xavier Rhodes did play. I'm just double checking on that. He had five tackles. Um,. And yeah, so Barr is out. He's making a big difference, and I didn't think Anthony Barr would be be a big difference on that defense. They didn't do too bad. They also uh, think about it on the offensive end for the Bears. They also threw two interceptions. Mr. Trubisky threw mm-hmm. two. So think about it. Both defenses are playing pretty well. It was just those offenses that are pretty tough. Yeah,
0: it's it, that game came down to who could produce. That's what it did. On offense, who can produce? Because
1: this is really an offensive game for the taking. Like anyone could have showed out, and I, that's why I thought the Vikings were going to do it. They got two number one wide right receivers, and you got the Bears who just acquired like almost all five of their receivers that they have on that offense, or j- just got signed in the offseason. Yeah. Like none of who they had last year was on that roster now.
0: Yeah, I mean they. Who? Who's considered their number one?
1: Their number one is. Uh, what's his name? robinson alan robinson
0: alan oh that's right alan robinson and And he's
1: not a number one guy especially when he was he was in Jacksonville. when he was was in Jacksonville, he was the number one guy but look at them now they still can't find that number one guy
0: yeah i mean well because who else is it it's is gabriel taylor gabriel second or third what is what is he
1: he was the third because the second was what's his name i could always double check we're pretty much done going over the viking side of everything um Oh, Tariq Cohen's basically their number two, and he's a running back. But um, who do they have? Anthony Miller's getting more involved. He had a touchdown Mm -hmm. that game. Taylor Gabriel. um, Trey Burton's basically their number two, three guy. And, yeah. So, talking about the Bears, I'll actually go over their offense now. So, we'll transition that over. Uh, So, you got Mitch Trubisky who is really, really good at using his legs. He doesn't get enough credit for being a rushing quarterback. I think everyone looks at just Cam Newton and Russell Wilson who could do that, but Mr. Trubisky's doing the exact same thing, and he'll run through you. He's a tough guy. Well, and
0: Yeah, there, were, there was some stat that they came up with the game that he was actually averaging more yards per carry than Cam Newton. Yeah. And and he's no And
1: nobody's talking about it. Yeah, Nobody.
0: He, 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 that's the first time I heard that.
1: There was a, it was a game I forgot who they were going up against. It was like a week or two ago. I don't think I went over this that week. But he ran like he kept the ball. He ran to the right side of the side, like right the right side of the field to the sideline, and didn't see anything. So he ran all the way back left and then scored. Mm-hmm. And that's a quarterback who can run. And you know, I think people he'll he won't get the credit just because coming out of college. What did he play? Like only a couple one games. One season, yeah. yeah one like season. At Carolina. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the Bears traded up to get him, and I think that was something they definitely needed to do. Um, but So he went for 20 for 31, 165 yards, a touchdown, and again, the two picks. And this is the kind of season Mr. Trubisky was having last year where he couldn't really produce. He was just a rookie, mm-hmm. and um, he's doing much better now, especially using his legs. But, again, this was another type of offense where they weren't doing too great, and it was pretty much the battle of defenses, and the Bears came out on top. And so we'll take a look at their rushing game here. Let's give me one second. All right. Okay. So you got Jordan Howard, um 18 carries, 63 yards, 3 3 um and a half yards per carry. And I feel like that's every single game he's had this year is at least almost 20 carries and only 50 to 60 yards per one and you'll be lucky if he even entered the end zone. And um I think they just need to unleash this guy. But then you have Tariq Cohen who is extremely good. He's a really really fast. He's basically a receiver and he could also run. So if you give him the ball, he's also doing well. So it's really hard to you know, distinguish who is going to be their guy. Jordan Howard's the tougher – he's the tougher back, but every time he runs – like, you know when Zeke or Barkley would run and they hit a guy mm-hmm. and they never go down on their first hit? Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard goes down every single first hit he gets. Mm-hmm. And even before Tariq Cohen came, he was that number one running back. And I feel like they just need to just give him the give him the ball 25 times a game. He'll get you those yards, I think.
0: Well, his, his rookie year, wasn't it uh, him and Kareem Hunt that were like the top two in yards?
1: I think so. And at the time, Jordan Howard wasn't even considered to be the number one guy. I remember our fantasy league that year, I needed a running back. I picked up Jordan Howard, and it was him and Jeremy Langford. I don't yeah, know if you remember that. I that remember. was crazy. And Jeremy yeah. Langford was supposed to be the number one guy. And mm-hmm. you got Jordan Howard coming in. He took over. He was at, He was getting like 20 carries a game. And he was. they were winning games. They were doing okay. But he was the bright spot of that offense from their receiving core that wasn't good at all. But then you got Tariq Cohen in the mix. And you kind of like you need to find ways to give the, both these guys the ball because they're pretty good. But anyway, you got Mitch Trubisky, like I mentioned before, using his legs, 10 carries, 43 yards, 4.5 yards a carry. And whenever I saw this guy run, it was pretty much like – the defense had everyone covered, and then once he used his legs, it was like it pretty much gave him a new set of downs every single time because yeah. he's able to make a play. So I think he's really good on his legs. If he can get really good at passing, because I think he had the most touchdowns in one game this whole season. What was yeah, that, six, six touchdowns yeah, in one six, game? Yeah. So this guy could play. It's just, you know, he's on and off some games, and this is one of his off games. you got Sarri and seven carries, 27 uh, yards. He got more, he's more involved in the passing game, but he could run as well. And then uh, let's take a look at the receiving game here. Taylor Gabriel, seven receptions, 52 yards, seven and a half yards per carry. And, you know, do you seriously think Taylor Gabriel is a serviceable wide receiver in the game right now? Because, you're, again, you're a Falcons fan. He was on that team before. He was on that Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's a bright spot in the receiving core for the Browns? Uh, not the Browns, the Bears. Because he had the most targets and receptions this game by far. Everyone else had at least two or three receptions.
0: I mean he, he's one of those guys that you look at and he's not a very big guy i mean so he, he he's very quick there was a clip uh, fr- speaking of when he was on the super bowl team that that year you know you had malcolm butler who uh you figured would be covering julio jones in that game and one of the plays he got matched up against taylor gabriel and all taylor gabriel did was he faked one way and cut inside and he malcolm can run butler, he can run routes malcolm butler was dropped he was he, was, he landed on his ass like this this is some guy that you're looking at and you're looking at that team when he was in the Super Bowl for the Falcons. He's that third receiver and you're thinking, Oh, whatever, you know, he's not anything special and he's got speed and he's got good hands. Even though he's not the tallest, the biggest receiver, he can still hold on to the ball. He can still make those catches. I mean, you know, throwing a like a fifty yard fade route he's got to burn them. He's not going to make a jump ball, but that's why you got Allen Robinson. He's taller. He's
1: he's a a deep threat for sure, but by no means is he a number one. No. So does that mean, like, is that going to say for the Bears, do you think this upcoming draft, since again, their defense is already one of the best in the league, Mm -hmm. do you think that sets them up? They already have their quarterback of the future. Do you think that sets them up to get a number one receiver in this next upcoming draft?
0: There's, I mean, it all depends on their picks. Unfortunately, the way that they're going right now, they're, they're going to be one of the last be picks towards the end. Yeah, they're towards the end. Unless you know, the but tank. I don't think
1: they're making a Super Bowl. I don't. No. I don't no, think no, so. No, I no. think they're winning the division. Yeah, but I don't think they're making it past that. So I think they're so going to be in like the mid-tier the picks. Yeah, in the twenties. Yeah.
0: So I mean, at that point, there there are sleepers that a lot of people, you know, there there are people that get picked up in the end of the first round, second, third rounds that no one hears about, and now you know they're all pro. So there are those potentials even if there's a lot of good running uh, a lot of good receivers even though they might get picked up before them since they're late in the draft there's still those sleepers that you never know what you're going to get. I mean
1: True. Yeah. You
0: got what was it Doug Baldwin wasn't he like a really late pick?
1: He was a late pick, yeah. Yeah. He was by yeah. no means a number 1 guy. And, and he's kind of proven himself. He's sl- yeah, but he's slowly heading out of that number 1 right receiver kind of thing. Because what is it lock? Cuz again they're they're, one, they're yeah, but they're and he got paid. Mm-hmm. Like wow, I don't, that's the last person I would pay on that offense. And yeah, they're now a run first again, and they don't even mm-hmm. have Marshawn Lynch anymore. So that's well, changing it a little bit.
0: Well, that's why uh, I feel like back to when you said they they were drafting Penny, back to one of the worst picks to in that, that, that draft. I mean, even though you know, it it wasn't a recommended pick. Pete Carroll is a run first offense, and you know there was a stat that uh, Russell Wilson was the leading the team in rushing yards last year as a quarterback. That, that shows that your but run you def- game is not producing.
1: Yeah, you definitely knew you needed a run game, but again, Chris Carson was that guy. So why would you ever head in a different direction if he was already going to be... And he's, he's the guy today. He's getting all the carries.
0: Well, they have Chris Carson. What is it, they, Mike Davis? Is he the other guy that they have?
1: Yeah, and they have the other guy.
0: Uh, J.D. McKissick they have. Yeah, McKissick.
1: Um, they have depth, but it's like nothing intriguing. Like, he's not one of the Kareem Hunts. He's not like no. the... You know, Alvin Kamara, he's nothing like that Mm-mm. by no means. But um, here, we'll keep talking about the Bears. We'll move on to the next game because we've been staying on this one for a little while. But you have uh, Allen Robinson, three receptions, 39 yards, a supposed number one receiver on that offense. I beg to differ. And then you got Anthony Miller, who gets involved a little bit, but he only had two re- – I, I hate these kind of stats because it's kind of like you don't know who's going to get the ball. But he had two receptions, 25 yards, um, and a touchdown. He's more of that deep threat kind of guy. And then you got Tariq Cohen, three receptions, 23 yards. He's had better games. Uh, Trey Burton, um, not much going on there. He had one reception for nine yards. Jordan Howard doesn't get involved in the passing game. He's only got one reception for two yards. And then again, like we mentioned before, um, you got the fumble recoveries. I think mm-hmm. they had two two picks. Uh, two picks, one fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was a pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a little orchestra uh, celebration <laughs> there. You fun, got Amukamara, yeah. eight tackles. Rokon Smith, six tackles. Kyle Fuller, six tackles. Akeem Hicks, who's been playing really, really good. He had one sack, six tackles. Um, and then we don't even have to mention Khalil Mack. He had uh, two tackles, but he also had a sack, and that one sack ended up in the fumble, mm-hmm. and he also recovered that fumble to add on yeah. top of that. But um, so that's going. That's pretty much this game. You got the Bears moving on to seven and three. Minnesota five four and one. The ending score was twenty five to twenty, and most of the Vikings. Um, touchdowns were in garbage time. So pretty much it was just the dominant game by the bears in total. So I'm going to move on to a different game and I'm going to move on to a game. You probably have more to talk about just so it's, you know, more fun, but we have the, uh, it's not fun to hear the score, but uh, we're going to talk about the Cowboys and the Falcons and, uh, send help for our, both our teams. Cause you're a, yeah. you're a Falcons fan. I'm a giants fan. We're on the two game winning streak, but I'm not impressed by any of those games by no means. And these were two Falcons games that were tough to watch. They're coming off two losses from the Browns and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Did they just come off a bye the Falcons or were they were they already had their they, bye? They
0: uh, they they came off a bye coming off of a I don't bye know going don't, into Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I don't know when they're but Yeah, so that's also not good yeah. to hear. I love hearing teams coming back from a bye and getting a win because that means they readjusted things, you know, they're on the same page, but anyway, yeah. anyway well uh you got the Dallas Cowboys winning in a nail biter towards the end of the game. Um uh, the last final score ended up being 22 to 19 on a game-winning field goal, field goal by the kicker Brett Maher, who has missed at least one kick every single game. And I I bet you were hoping that was going to be the kick he, that he, he missed. He almost
0: missed. It was
1: close. It was very close. All his kicks that he has are never like the perfect kick. Some of them are like the line drive weird ones, where the football is like oh, turning yeah. in a weird it's- way. Anyway, the Falcons are 4 and 6 and the Dallas Cowboys are 5 and 5. And the only reason da- Dallas has a better record than the Falcons is because they're in the NFC East, which is open for grabs right now. It's one of the worst divisions in the league. So I don't think that's anything to worry about on your end because you're in one of the harder divisions because yeah. of the way the Saints are playing right Saints,
0: now. Saints. I mean, you know, the Panthers I think lost the last two, but again, you know, yesterday The Panthers should not have lost that shouldn't have lost that game. They shouldn't have lost, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, later. we'll get to that, but I mean, you know, you got two Good teams there, and then you know if if we were healthy as a whole, we got two safeties out. Deion Jones was a big part of that defense. He hasn't been in since week one, so that's that's a big loss to us. You know, we we lose almost all our games minus Pittsburgh. I'd say most of the games were one possession, like if not like one. I feel like the
1: Falcons, if when the Falcons aren't having that Super Bowl type year their all their games are always within like one position. Well
0: yeah, that that's the thing, you know. That's we, the, fa- been the that's
1: been the Falcons like MO for the past couple years. Yeah, we had Especially when they still had what's his name, Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. They would always make the second round of the playoffs and never get past that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we got we got right now we had the Bengals which was a nail biter. They AJ Green got a game-winning touchdown on that. We lost to D- Dallas on that uh, kick. We lost to New Orleans in overtime, which God knows how that happened because our defense was injured at that time. And we, we competed. We lost in overtime. So we play them again Thursday night on Thanksgiving. I don't think it's going to be that close this I'll be time. watching
1: very closely on that game because, um, well, you, well me, me and Chris and another friend, Mark, um, we watched the first game of the season, Falcons-Eagles week one. And from the from the beginning, defensive, defensive players are going down left and right. And then when I saw the Browns game two weeks ago, um, or last week, I think? Mm-hmm. Last week? Last oh, so week. last week. And they had allowed, like, a full, full football field run yeah. to, to Nick Chubb. Chubb. Yeah. And he's pretty good. But, like, again, the Falcons are, like, 32nd in the league, allowing rushing yards. Mm-hmm. That's why that game, that Monday night game against the Giants – that was also a close game. Yeah, and it was pretty much the Barkley show that game. It's because people knew that, you know, they they were they were successful to, successful to the run, but um yeah. Let's go over some scores here again. The ending score was twenty two nineteen, Dallas taking the win, moving on to five and five. Um, let's take a look at the Cowboy stats first, just because they're the winning team. You got Dak Prescott twenty two for thirty two, two hundred yards, two hundred eight yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He was being pressured all night. I feel like their offensive line isn't looking too great, and they're one of the best offensive lines last year. Again, it's the NFL; everything can flip over in the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, but let's take a look at their bright side on the rushing, which is I feel like it's a big reason they won that game, and they got to do this more if they want to take the, the division in the East. Um, Zeke uh, went 23 carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown, averaging five yards a carry. And he also through the receiving game. He had seven receptions, 79 yards, and 11 yards. Per reception, mm-hmm. I think the key to the Dallas Cowboys to win games is just you just gotta feed Zeke.
0: Well, the other thing too is, uh, you know, when when the Falcons offense gets going, they get going. They they've put up 30 points in games, 20, 30 points in games on offense. And Matt Ryan, you've heard probably multiple times, he's putting up numbers similar to his MVP season. So Matt Ryan can get it going. Julio Jones, three straight games with a touchdown after everyone's talking all season, oh, he's not going to score, he's not scoring, he's not producing. He's now showing up, he's getting touchdowns. I feel like the reason, the, the key to beating the Falcons, coming from a Falcons fan, is you got to run the clock. And if you have a good run game, you know, Nick Chubb, solid last week. They, they took the game into their hands. They, you know, they were getting first downs, taking time off the clock. And when you take time off the clock, Matt Ryan and that offense have the ball less. And our defense is on the field more. And our defense right now is not the strong suit because of all the injuries. Our offense is like that light at the end of the tunnel. So when you have a running game and you're you're taking like five, six, seven minutes for a time of possession, the offense isn't clicking. They're not able to keep going. That's that's the key to victory over them.
1: I feel yeah. So I definitely feel like Dallas again. He this is another guy who was drafted earlier in that draft you got to give it to the hot hand, and that's Zeke, every single game, week in and week out. So, again, he reached the end zone. you got Dak Prescott using his legs a little bit. Four carries, five yards. He also reached the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, not the Dak Prescott hasn't been the Dak that we've seen last year. And no. I, that goes to show you, everyone who said last year that Dak was like an elite quarterback who came out of the four, fourth round, you give him that much time in the pocket, he's going to be good. I feel like you can't have a, a quarterback in this league that has that much time and not be good. So I feel like if you put anyone in that position, they're going to be good. And he's not having that time like he did last year, so he's struggling with every other quarterback. So, um, you know, I feel like that was coming regardless. You got mm-hmm. Cole Beasley, five receptions, 51 yards. He's the one that made the last catch to get them in field, position, uh, field goal mm-hmm. position, I think. Um, and you guys got lucky on that one play. I, I don't know if they scored after that, but I remember seeing it on red zone how it was like pretty much a gimme reception in the end zone, and he ended up just dropping it. Like, oh, yeah. It was yeah. like right in his chest, and he dropped it. Um and we got Amari Cooper who's getting involved in the offense a little bit. He was pretty quiet this game. I feel like he's going to be a game changer for them. They gave up a first round for him, so you got to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Um if you're not giving it to Zeke, you got to give it to Cooper and he had three receptions, 36 yards. Um that was pretty much it. that was pretty much it. Michael Gallup only had one reception for 10 yards and we were hoping to see him be the number one receiver and he wasn't, especially since they drafted him. Um move on to the Falcons uh, offensive stats here. Yeah, Matt Ryan, 24, 24 for 34, 291 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Um, I don't think I saw that pick, but I did see the touchdown to Julio Jones.
0: The pick was on a, a tip pass. Calvin Ridley, he, it got right off his hands, right into whatever, Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch, yeah, and he, he's a
1: really, really good player for them. So mm-hmm. People it, thought he was going to be a bust.
0: Yeah, he, he was the one that got that pick, and then they set up good field position, and then Zeke ran right through the middle.
1: Yeah, so uh, we got Tevin Coleman, who's filling in the role for Devontae Freeman, who is set to come back Week 16 when they probably won't even matter at that point. Yeah, he's on IR right now, I think, with a back injury. Um, Tevin Coleman, who was seemed to be fulfilling that role, I don't think they can get much going on the ground, especially this game. Neither uh, running back uh, between him and Ito Smith got more than. Um, they got, they got pretty much both of them got less than 10 carries. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tevin Coleman had eight carries, 58 yards, seven uh, seven uh, yards per carry. And so not much going on there. And then Edo Smith, six carries, 10 yards and uh, a yard per carry. He's pretty much just trying to fulfill that role, helped Tevin Coleman out a little bit because he was the passing back when Devin Coleman, uh, when um, Devontae Freeman was in the game. But um, take a look at the receiving game here. You got Julio Jones. He had a pretty big game unfortunately resulting in a loss but he had six receptions 118 yards 19.7 yards per catch and one touchdown including that one tackle off the punt (laughs) he was pretty much a free safety at that point yeah that dude's just huge yeah so you know i think that was that was pretty good that was crazy but uh was that a punt or was that a throw no it was was a pick it was a pick it was gonna be a pick it was going to be a pick and he was running that route and then he ended up Going in that direction anyway So he just used his momentum To make Shame. the tackle And that was just insane This guy's just Extremely talented And um, he I feel like Regardless He's always going to be Considered a number one receiver Yeah Um, Over at, Like someone like Adam Thielen anyway Just because of his size He's he's like that player In Madden You put like 99 overall Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately th- This is only his second Touchdown of the year Right Third third you got and last year he only had three Mm -hmm. so hopefully he can get at least six by the end of the year i think he's on pace for
0: well i mean yeah he he's gotten he didn't have any before and then he got his first one against the redskins where he fought for that one he he oh yeah he's like i'm reaching the end zone i don't care i don't
1: i'm this close i'm not gonna fall right now and he 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 had that
0: one then he had one against the browns and then he had one yesterday against the uh the why i feel like he's one of the top receivers minus you know the stats support him but one thing is you know everyone's saying throughout the season he didn't score up until whatever it was week eight maybe week nine whatever it was and he was still in the talk of one of the top uh one of the top receivers in the league and he hadn't gotten a touchdown and he's still you know you don't hear people he just puts up the yards you, you don't hear people talking about uh you know like i don't know one of those like i can't even think of anyone off the top of my head but You know, those receivers that have no touchdowns, currently there's quite a few because there's there's tons of receivers in the league and you don't hear them getting talked about. You know, it's. That's why he's
1: just too talented to count out. You can't count out. And and
0: they're like, you know, they have the the, the videos of the top 100 players whenever they have the other players talk about them. And for him in specific, all the DBs, they always say, you never know what you're going to get out of him. You know, he might have no. Touchdowns. He might not be getting a lot of the looks during the game, but he can explode at any point in the game. He's had three hundred yards in a game. That's something you hear out of Madden. You don't you don't do that. In oh, it was on my
1: fantasy team that year. Yeah. That year. Like, but other than that game, he didn't do much after that. He didn't do much after. But that, that's but, just the type of player like he is. He's just when he gets that opportunity, he's that good. Um, but anyway, you have Muhammad Sanu getting four receptions, 56 yards. And here's something I wanted to talk about really quickly. And then you got Calvin Ridley, really, three receptions, 32 yards. I feel like they're both trying to fight for that wide receiver two position. And it seemed like the first four weeks, um, again, week one, there really wasn't any looks for Calvin really, But after that, mm-hmm. he – Reached, he was, like, the youngest player to get two two three touchdowns three. in a game. He, he was
0: tied with Odell. Yeah, yeah he
1: was the youngest player to get three receptions in a game, three touchdowns in a game. So he was looking, like, to be that number one, number two guy, even with Julio Jones there. Like, they were going to be, like, you know, like that, uh, you know, like Stefan Diggs, like Adam yeah. Thielen type role. But then he kind of quieted down a little bit. And then you got Muhammad Sanu getting mixed, getting mixed in there. Who do you think is more deserving of that number two position? Again, Calvin Ridley's a rookie. He's an older guy. He's one of the older people in that draft because he he stayed for his senior year at Bama, I think? Yes. At Bama. And then Mohamed Sanu, who was on that – again, he was on that Super Bowl team, and he was considered to be the number one guy – number two guy, sorry. And uh, so who do you think needs to get the ball more in order to get the offense moving instead of giving it to Julio Jones every single time?
0: I mean – calvin ridley can produce that that showed he's got seven eight touchdowns whatever it is on the season but i feel like muhammad sanu is one of those guys where he's sn- like he's sneaky good he's not someone that you talk about all the time and you're just like oh yeah like muhammad sanu had a good game he's the top receiver but when he he comes in on those clutch times you know when it's a third down julio's getting double covered you got someone coming down the middle and it's a tight throw he comes down with it he's one of those guys mm. that that hangs onto the ball and he'll, he's reliable. I'm not saying Calvin Ridley's not reliable. I'm just saying Muhammad Sanu has been doing it for a little bit more time. So he's more, you know, he's got more of a connection with Matt Ryan than Calvin Ridley might now. So I think currently, you know, you got Muhammad Sanu on the outside and then Julio on the other side. Is I'd Ridley in the slot? I, I, he gets I thought put, Sanu was in the slot. They, and then they Ridley alternated. Because the yeah. sometimes Julio's in the slot too. It all just depends on the formation.
1: I, I know, but I definitely feel like. Sanu can be dangerous in the slot mm-hmm. and then Calvin Ridley if you just unleash him a little bit he's a really big outside threat
0: well that's that's the thing you got Julio Jones how do you not double cover him and then you got Calvin Ridley who's he got good hands but he's speed too so he can outrun that's, his that's DB. that's why it's, it's like you
1: gotta give this guy the ball more because they're the best like threat since Roddy White and Julio Jones were in the league at the yeah. same time and it was at the tail end of Roddy White's career mm-hmm. and then you got Julio Jones, who's in his prime, yeah, not the tail end of his career, and then you got Calvin Ridley, who is a rookie. There's plenty of time to progress here, so hopefully their offensive coordinator can put it together. But um, we got Austin Hooper, four receptions, 27 yards. Again, every tight end in the league isn't having the best year, so yeah. that's why I definitely discussed with our group chat, our fantasy league, that. We should just get rid of tight ends in general and put two flex yeah. in there. So hopefully that happens. But um, do you think Austin Hooper is a more than serviceable tight end for the Falcons? And do, are you cons- what are you considering drafting in this year's upcoming draft? Do you think you should get a tight end that's like, kind of like a Travis Kelsey slash Gronk type guy? Or, or should you go for like a defensive, also offensive player? I really don't know who the Falcons are looking to draft next year feel like they'll probably add a defensive player considering all the injuries they have this year but what do you think
0: yeah i mean i think austin hooper you know he's he's a tight end most tight ends throughout the league they don't put up unless you're like gronk travis kelsey zach Ertz. uh now greg greg kittle george kittle george kittle. george kittle was a beast he's now you know coming out party this year other than those few that we name there's there's not much consistently good talent i so i feel like as a tight end you know hooper he's a big guy he makes catches. It's not like he drops a lot. He's uh he's a good blocker. It's He's a big boy. Yeah, I, I think you know, for what, what we have him for, he's he's doing a good job. You don't you don't I need think to so get a too. superstar as a tight end. You got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, they're yeah. pretty good. You got Coleman as a receiver and a running back. You got Freeman who can pound it up the middle. Like you got you got the talent. I don't think you need that superstar to try to find it a tight end. I don't think it's worth it. So
1: that being said, do you think a defensive player in this year's draft would be more of a better thing to do than get an offensive player. Considering you just got a wide receiver, your your offensive line isn't bad at all. It's like middle of the pack mm-hmm. and that's and again they all made the Super Bowl at one point. Didn't win. But you just got a wide receiver who to compliment Julio Jones. You got the quarterback for the next couple of years. He's mm-hmm. getting paid. Yeah, Devontae Freeman coming back. He's one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Everyone's forgetting because they only got to see him for two games out of the year. Do yeah. you think a defensive player and what kind what position do you think would help out this team?
0: I mean, currently we have I'd say our best interior lineman, we got Grady Jarrett. He's he's been solid. I mean, you know, on the on a run defense, he's a big guy, so he he takes up he's he fills that gap and really gets in on runs. He's a he's a pressure he gets into the face of quarterbacks, so I feel like he's good. But everyone else knows that, so yeah. he's more of our pressure guy. And you know, Vic Beasley, the year we went to the Super Bowl, he was crazy. I don't know, he had led the league in sacks. He was. He's getting...
1: actually not doing pretty well. Not well this no, year at that, all. I think that, he just got a second sack or sec- first yeah. second sack of the year, and yeah. it's week 11.
0: He's he's not doing well. So he, you know, when we had Grady Jarrett and him producing, that was a great, like that was a great attack because they were like Beasley was coming as an outside linebacker. And then you had Grady Jarrett coming up the middle. They were coming from you know both ends. I I feel like we need someone else. We need that extra pass rusher. So Definitely. I feel, I feel like that we need to we need to draft a pass rusher. You know you got, you got Deion Jones as a linebacker who I think he's solid. I think you know by the end of his career he could be in the top. If like you have 10. at least
1: one solid linebacker, I think you're set. Because yeah. you have someone like Luke Kuechly, and who's yet Thomas Davis? Like mm-hmm. he's pretty. He's I think it's his last year this yeah. year So if you still have Luke Keekly You're going to hold it down And then Obviously Defense was a little bit of concern For the Falcons last year Because they drafted Isaiah Oliver In the second round mm-hmm. He's a cornerback um, Coming out of Colorado So I th- I definitely think They're going to Another pass rusher would help Yeah um, So yeah I think that's good And so we'll move on To another game Like we mentioned before Vic Beasley isn't having The best game of his career He had two sacks on the day So he has three now I, Yes I But believe he had one so, yeah. Prior to that game So that's a good sign yeah um let's see here who's out for them right now they, they lost right keanu now. neal to the keanu acl
0: neal acl you got um ricardo allen with an achilles Deion jones is now practicing he may he was eligible to play on sunday but dan quinn didn't want to rush him back so he's off the ir now so he, he could come back he's going to be back before the season ends um so those are like I believe those are the three main guys throughout the weeks. I mean not IR but um Alford has been out, Grady Jarrett has been he out. He played that game, so. Yeah, Tack has been out. You know, we've had a lot of issues on defense with injuries in general, but I, I mean the one guy that's really stepped up is uh Demonte KZ. He's leading the league in interceptions right now. And he's
1: a I didn't know that.
0: He's a uh he's like con- technically a backup safety and he's got five interceptions on the year. And, That's
1: pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's been stepping up big time, so it's going to be interesting when those uh, the starters come back to see what what his role is.
1: Yep, so you got the Falcons moving on to four and six, losing that game, but we'll move on to the Giants game here, another game that um, you know you were at, and mm-hmm. I'm also a fan of the Giants, so this is going to be an interesting topic to talk about. We're going to get to the Pat Shermer situation in just a second, and then right after we go over this game, we're going to preview tonight's game, Rams Chiefs, see what's going to happen there. And uh, yeah, so right now uh, the final score of this game, 38 to 35, uh, Giants taking the victory, second win in a row, three and seven. Pa- uh, the Buccaneers also move on to three and seven. Uh, Buccaneers and shambles over there at quarterback. So I wanted to, you know, bring this up real quick. You got Ryan Fitzmagic, who okay. started off the year doing really well. He was averaging 400 yards per game up to the third game or fourth game Mm -hmm. and that was like a record-setting type thing for the franchise but um towards by the time Jameis winston was coming back from suspension they weren't sure what they were going to do and uh, to me my opinion was keep using ryan fitzpatrick until he's bad Mm -hmm. and they're kind of at that point right now and so when they got there they put Jameis winston back in and he was also bad so they went back to ryan fitzpatrick patrick and um And they went back to Jameis And now they're back This game they went back to Ryan Fitzpatrick And next week I think it was announced that Jameis is going to be their starter Yeah And so this game you got Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, 13 for 21 167 yards, 3 touchdowns Oh, 3 touchdowns, no, heck no No, no, 3 picks (laughs) (laughs) That would have been like, oh, why are they starting Jameis then But no, uh, 3 picks So uh, at that point you're like, all right, Jameis, get in the game And he he went 12 for 16, 199 yards two touchdowns and a pick, and clearly he's the better talent, but he's always in trouble off the field. Um, he always has those off games, and when he's off, he's way off. I think last last week he had four interceptions, and that's why they went back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he put the Bucks in the best position to win this game towards the end because the Giants were letting up a bit on their defense. Mm-hmm. They were up, I think, like 31 to, like, single-digit numbers.
0: It was uh – mm-hmm. I think at one point it was like twenty four, fourteen, or thirty one, fourteen, something like that. Yeah. So
1: by half it was yeah. already fourteen to seven, and then by the third quarter, um, you know, Giants had another touchdown, but they led up ten points. To I mean, uh, no, sorry, uh, it was fourteen to twenty four, so mm-hmm. they were up by a lot, and then they ended up giving up three touchdowns by the fourth quarter, and Giants somehow, you know, kept up the pace, and they had they had two touchdowns, so. Um, to me, what do you think their quarterback situation should end up being? Do you think they should move on from? Like again, Ryan Fitzpatrick's role at best is a backup. But what should they do with Jameis at this point? Do you think you should just leave him in the rest of the season, or do you think they should move on from him? Because again, he's still in a rookie contract. They they more than likely can let him go if they want to. What should they do?
0: I don't I don't think they should keep him. I mean, you know, as the Inter he was Falcons a first fan's first mean, pick in the draft. The Inter Falcons fan in me mean, wants them to keep him cuz you know, he's he's inconsistent. And it helps out the Falcons and everyone else in that division cuz if he has that off day like you mentioned, he's off.
1: He's, so when he's off, he's off.
0: So if that's against a division team, the division team benefits off that. And you know, if he has off games for both the times he plays them cuz they play each other twice a year, that you know, that that hurts, but I, especially with him being on a rookie deal, I don't see them signing him to anything spectacular. You know, you have Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. Um, who was the other guy? Wasn't there another one? Was it Oh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Garoppolo? G, then you got
1: Derek Carr, uh, Matt Stafford on hundreds of million dollars yeah, in income, so over I, like five years.
0: I mean, they. I don't see him getting a deal like that. The no. other guys, you know, yeah, I'm not saying those guys are all-stars, Hall of Fame, great mm-hmm. quarterbacks all the time, but... You know they—they're the face of that—that that their team, and they show up when they have to. I think most of those guys that we named have been like an MVP or like some, you know, on the Pro Bowl something along those lines. Has Jameis even been in that? I don't think—I don't think ever. He's been uh, in the
1: league a few years, right? He, it's like his third, fourth year now. Yeah. And usually by the, your third year, you kind of got to show out a little bit. That's yeah. the same thing that happened with Andrew Luck, and he did exactly that, and he's mm-hmm. still performing to this day on a high level. But you got Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. That was not a good draft for quarterbacks. I really thought Marcus Mariota was going to show out. Yeah. But he's on and off on injuries. He, they have a new offensive coordinator. They have a new head coach. And it's not looking good for over there for the Titans. But then you have the Bucks, who this is your first pick overall.
0: I mean, they also had their, what is their second-round pick a kicker while. that they got rid of. Yeah, so, that was a I mistake. Mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I Still think, not on a team to this day. I know. Well, I mean, he's horrendous. Yeah, Honestly, sucks, man. he he was he was just missing and missing and it was, you know, it's I don't think it's anyone should advise to pick a kicker that early. Yeah, no.
1: So the, you uh, know, I not They were even in the that. wrong state of mind in this draft, so I guess look, put, go, put, putting that hand in hand with Jameis, to me, I think there's still potential there. He was a number one pick, mm-hmm. right? So you have to take that with a grain of salt. It's not like he was like a mid first yeah. rounder and mm-hmm. he's kind of doing bad. He's a first pick in that draft. So, to me, I think that you got to stop switching between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. You're not going to win this division. No. It's not even close. No. Like, you're not even in it. So, why don't you just stick with Jameis? Throw him in there. He has trouble off the field, but if you can keep his head on straight on the field, there's no reason to get rid of him. So, I think you should just let him play. Like, if he throws five picks, you're not going to win the division. Just go for it and hope for, hope for the best. Again, he is your number one guy. He started for you the past three years. Why keeps alternating between a – a t- a quarterback Who's only meant to be a backup And who's a journeyman And he's like 35 years old Yeah You're, There's no future there With Ryan Fitzpatrick It's not his team If anything Give Jameis a chance To figure out How he's going to play I think yeah. you just got to let him play the rest of the season. Don't keep switching. I think well, that's, that's their issue.
0: That's the thing when you go back and forth, especially as, with a quarterback. That's the, you know the play caller of that offense.
1: You know what that does to like a young guy's head. Like switching him out every now and then. It's never a guarantee who's going to win or not.
0: Exactly, and I mean you know even with like team chemistry. You know Fitzpatrick throws one way, he plays one way. Where Jameis plays the complete opposite way. As a receiver, you know Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, OJ Howard. You got these receivers out there who are playing every game they have to keep adapting how do you how do you keep up you know Ryan Fitzpatrick throws one way where Jameis throws another you got Ryan Fitzpatrick's first
1: play of the game I think a couple weeks ago he a huge play to Deshaun Jackson Mm -hmm. so you got the guy like Deshaun Deshaun Jackson who's expecting to play like that because he's a deep threat guy he has been since the Eagles and the Redskins and then you got Jameis Winston whose favorite target is Mike Evans who every year when I see him play like this next ball is going to Mike Evans or Cameron Break, but now yeah. it's like O.J. Howard's getting yeah. involved. Uh, to me, I think you got, just got to leave Jameis in there, ride it out. I think it's his contract year, so if you're not going to give him any money after this, get rid of him, mm-hmm. move on. You're going to get a top pick or three and seven. You're up there with the Giants. I think the Giants are just under. I think Giants are projected to win at least five games this year. Okay. Um, and then you got the Bucks, who aren't guaranteed any wins. So yeah. I think you just got to go with it. If you got a high pick, go with the quarterback. I think this is, there's its projected to be a better quarterback class than last year, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to go over this one. With, with, I'm going to go over this in a second on who the Giants to draft. When I think they're going to projected to have the fifth pick, fourth, mm-hmm. fifth pick, and we'll go over that in a second. But we'll look over their um, other stats here. You got Peyton Barber, 18 carries, 106 yards and a touchdown. Most of that was in garbage time, I think, when they were scoring all those touchdowns yeah. at the end. So I don't think he was having a good game, regardless. And he's by far not a number one running back in that yes in the Bucks, so yeah. they could always draft a running back maybe if they're not going to keep Jameis. So again, keep Jameis in there if he ends up doing well. You've got to keep you keep your quarterback, you pay him, and you get to draft a running back in the first round. So I think that's a good setup for them. Um, and because Rodgers, I thought he was going to be the number one guy. He's not. He had three three carries, 15 yards. Um, take a look at receiving. You got Mike Evans going off uh, six receptions. 120 yards, 20 yards per reception, and a touchdown, and that one touchdown. It was, again, towards the end of the game, mm-hmm. but things were tightening up a little bit. O.J. Howard, five receptions, 78 yards. I think he's fulfilling the number one tight end role for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be Cameron Brate. Um, he's still involved. He had two receptions, 16 yards, but, you know, he's just, you know, they run double tight end, I think. Yeah. I think that's their offense. Adam Humphreys. He is a big part of that offense. When Jameis is playing, I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't even look his way. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's more of a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin guy. And yeah. then you have Jameis Winston, who is more of an Adam Humphreys, um, you know, uh, what's his other guy, Mike Evans. Mike Evans yeah. And then Deshaun Jackson really only gets involved when Ryan Fitzpatrick's in the game. So, again, you can't keep changing quarterbacks because the re- then you have the receivers who don't know how to adapt to that quarterback because whenever you switch over, you don't know where the ball's going. And then um, we got Chris Godwin, three receptions, 50 yards. Deshaun Jackson, four four receptions, 38 yards. Um, I mentioned Cameron Bray, and that's pretty much it. And, you know, their defense wasn't too great. They're one of the worst defenses in the league. But move over to the Giants. I have a lot to talk about with them. Like I mentioned before, I'll say this right now. I think Pat Shermer is an excellent fit for the head coaching job. I feel like people don't give him enough credit. Like, he's on a team where they were just coming off, you know, they got a new GM. You got to get along with the new GM. You have to – get along with every single player on this team and again you know odell beckham he's very dramatic and there was issues off the field during that interview with him and lil wayne i think and he was saying how he didn't know if he liked being in new york you got to deal with that you got to deal with the eli drama and then you didn't think this would add on to it but then you have kyle laletta their third string quarterback (laughs) who get who gets arrested for you know disobeying traffic laws and so you got to deal with all this it is new york you're in the you know it's in Jersey, but again, it's represented as New York, and you got New Yorkers going to this game. It's, t- it's a tough spotlight to be in, but I think he can handle it. Like I said before, they he took the Vikings to pretty far in the playoffs last year, and considering yeah. where they're at now, and they lose him. Looking at their record and look at the Giants' record now, Giants still need to put it together, and they have a harder schedule this year. That year where they went 11 and five with Ben McAdoo, that was one of the easiest schedules in the league at that time. Mm-hmm. That was like e- easily one of the easiest. And um, So I think he'll, he'll give him time. He has Saquon Barkley, who, who looks to me as of right now is one of the best players in that draft because you have Sam Darnold, who isn't performing too great. Um, again, he's a rookie. He'll improve. But um, he was injured. You got McCown going in. Then he got blown out by who? I forgot what, who they were versing, but they got – oh, by the Bills. The Bi- Oh, my God. Yeah, with bl- Matt Barkley. Yeah, good night. Um, but then you have um, – who else? Baker Mayfield, he's doing okay. He's I not th- doing bad. He's yeah. one of the better players in that draft, I think. I like yeah. him, and he's giving the Browns some wins. Again, they were coming off two one and six, one and fifteens and then yeah. like a they didn't they didn't win like, like an zero and six, zero and sixteen. So you yeah. know, he's giving you some wins, and um, he was the second pick. He got the third. Who was the third pick?
0: I don't. I know that there was somewhere in there was Josh Rosen and Josh Allen, right? Yeah, I'll take a look, actually.
1: I have it up on here. I don't know why I always forget. you got Baker, Saquon, Sam Darnold was the third to the Jets. They traded up right before the draft. That's how they got him. Denzel Ward was the fourth pick. I Mm -hmm. think he's a good pick for the Browns also. you got the Broncos taking Bradley Chubb. He's doing okay. He's not too great. Quentin Nelson to the Colts. They now have, like, the number one, you know, offensive line in the league. Josh Allen, number seven, he... Has issues with his UCL, so they're having issues over there at quarterback. Rokon Smith for the Bears, he's pretty solid. Mike McGlinchey is a offensive tackle for the Niners. Josh Rosen at ten, and really quickly, um, I think Lamar Jackson going last in that first round was one of the worst things I've ever seen.
0: I was surprised that he didn't get picked earlier.
1: Did you see the way he played yesterday? And yeah. I, know, I want to talk about more of the Giants, but I'm just saying, like that guy can run. Like if he needs to throw, he will. But if he can. He could do, like, you know, like, Pat Mahomes right now? He has one of the better arms in the league, and he could, like, run around and, Mm -hmm. like, find ways to make a play. That's Lamar Jackson. And you took, you know, I I definitely – it was rumored that Josh Rosen was going to go to the Giants, but I didn't want him, and for this reason, because now he's on the Cardinals and he's not doing much over there. So, you know, I I definitely think Lamar Jackson should have gotten picked before Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. With
0: Lamar Jackson, there were talks before the draft, and they were saying, you know – Michael Vick was one of those guys where he had a thousand rushing yards as a quarterback. It was like unheard of at the time when he did it. He was weaving in and out of players. He he was okay at passing, but he was like a huge threat rushing. They were comparing him to to yeah, Michael. Yeah, and there Vick. was a
1: stat yesterday. He was the first quarterback of the season to have a hundred yards on the ground. Yeah, that's insane. Imagine if he played a full season. That's more than a thousand yards.
0: Exactly. He's he's got the talent. It's just. It's one of those tough situations. It's like what the Giants are facing right now. Mm-hmm. You have your franchise quarterback, and you don't want to get rid of him. Like, how do you how do you play? They do someone want to, to get rid it?
1: of him, but I can see where they're coming from. There's a lot of people in panic right now, and I'm glad you brought this up because Eli last year, everyone was pointing fingers at the line. Mm-hmm. Now you're pointing fingers at Eli, and rightfully so because he's not playing too well. He underthrows a lot. He can't run, and in this league now, like we mentioned before, Lamar Jackson getting drafted. It's a changed league. If you have a dual threat quarterback you're pretty much set. Yeah. Eli Manning is not one of those guys. And only the couple guys that are left that are like that are Drew Brees and Tom Brady. You got Tom Brady still making Super Bowls. You got Drew Brees breaking records this year. Eli Manning isn't that guy. He's not on the TB12 diet. Drew Brees yeah. is just a good leader and he, you know, he's just one of those dark horse guys that can make plays. Again, Eli's not that guy. So I definitely think like I mentioned before and I'm, I want to bring it up now. I think one of the best quarterbacks that they have at the moment to draft in this year's draft because I think Justin Herbert is staying for a senior year, so they're not going to have that opportunity. Um, I definitely think Will Greer, Nash Greer's brother, yeah, a place for West Virginia. I think that would be pretty awesome. He's a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Um, Tua is staying another year, so mm-hmm. they're not getting him. Um, so and then you got Drew Locke. I don't think he's as good as Will Greer. I think Will Greer has that like swag, where he's like you know he can just throw dimes like without even thinking about it. So I think they they should get him next draft. I think he's a really good play for them. He's not much of a runner, but if he can run, he will. And New York's one of those teams where you need a throwing quarterback, and he can throw. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he compliments Saquon Barkley well. I think him and Odell will get along pretty well, and I think he can keep him sane. He's not going to, you know, I think he's not too much trouble off the field. I think Will is pretty solid. Um, and um, I think he can make a rapport with, you know, all their other, other receivers as well. So if they can get Will Greer, they have a chance to win that NFC East next year, I think.
0: I mean, the thing that's interesting, too, is there was the debate, like you brought up, the they're going to get Josh uh, – was it Josh Rosen that there was a debate? There was
1: rumors that if it wasn't going to be Darnold, they were going to get Rosen.
0: Yeah, so, you know, they were they – were, And I don't think
1: a, they were even in the discussion to get Baker Mayfield. It wasn't even – Baker Mayfield wasn't even projected to be the number one pick. Yeah. So – that it was. was, you know, it, was
0: it, a, it was. You know, there was a constant battle of is it going to be a quarterback? Is it going to be a running back? All, all leading up to the draft, no one knew what was going to happen until the draft. And I feel like, in ways, you know, Barkley was a great pick. They took
1: the best player available. That's what you have to do in the draft. These quarter- This is projected to be one of the best quarterback drafts ever. But none of these quarterbacks are doing anything yet. Again, they're young. I'm not going to bash them, but Saquon Barkley is one of those yellow jacket gold jacket guys who's yeah. going to make the hall of fame because of how good he is and you still have that opportunity even though it's a downside that they're 3 and 7 right now and they're projected to be a way better team than they were last year mm-hmm. um, i still think they, they have this this opportunity again to get another quarterback yeah, so if exactly. anything if anything right now they're doing everything right they're winning the two games in a row they're still they're not tanking i hey, hate people yeah. want people want people to tank i don't want that there's opportunities still there. Eli is currently the problem. He's done. He should have been done. And I think Saquon Barkley is that once-in-a-lifetime talent, definitely one of the best in that draft. That was the right decision. Do you think that was the right decision at the time, or do you think they should have gotten, like, a Darnold or Rosen at the time?
0: Well, I mean, at, at the time, I, I wasn't looking too into it. But, I, I mean, off of – Well,
1: when that number two came around, who would you think was going to go by?
0: I, I honestly thought that uh, – I thought that they, they were going to pick up a uh, quarterback Because you know Everyone was Even though they Blamed the offensive line It was still Eli, Eli, Eli And everyone was still Looking at Eli And like you know As much as The uh, the Giants had Issues on offense Their offensive line Was part of the issue So I've, I figured You know Drafting in in like the aspects of it, drafting a running back, if you're not fixing a line, you're still going to have issues. Because well, they did
1: they did sign Nate Solder to like a big contract, yeah. so they were they were fixing some things in free agency. But to me, it was like you're either going to trade down with the Bills to get Quentin Nelson, mm-hmm. who would have been a good pick also, or yeah. you get Saquon Barkley. So I feel like either of those situations would have been just fine. And either or, if they drafted Rosen or Darnold, nobody would have an opinion on them because they would have to sit behind Eli Manning the whole year. Yeah. So, well,
0: well, that's that's kind of like what happened with Mahomes. Mahomes was sitting behind Alex Smith because he was a rookie uh, last year, right?
1: And they traded up to get him. Yeah. yeah, he was a rookie last year. So
0: that's what happened. He he sat around for the first year, but uh, I remember seeing something. I don't know if it was SportsCenter, NFL Live, NFL. dot com, whatever. But uh, they were talking with Andy Reid, and he basically said like That's who he wanted. He knew like they that's were because he has tapes. an arm. That's the, what he the wanted.
1: way Andy Reid runs an offense. He needs a quarterback with an arm, mm-hmm. and he has the best arm in the league right now. I think he's up there with Matt Stafford. Both of them oh, have, yeah. like, insane arms. And then you have you had Alex Smith, who didn't, who wasn't that guy, but he could make plays. Mm-hmm. He was going to get you close, but he wasn't going to finish the job. And that's why tonight's game is going to be pretty insane. I'm yeah. excited to watch that. But, again, I think if the Giants can pick up Will Greer in this year's draft and then just draft another offensive lineman in the second – because I think Will Hernandez is doing pretty solid right now. Even though that O-line's okay, they also just picked up uh, Jamon Brown from the mm-hmm. Rams, who started all 16 games for them last year, and they made it. They they beat the Falcons, and they moved on to who?
0: Last year? I think that last year. No, no, no. We The Falcons beat them last year in the first round.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it that. It was a close game. It was in yeah.
0: L.A. Mm-hmm. It was close, yeah. And that was
1: their first year with... Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like they were testing the waters a little bit yeah. and they made it that far. And Jamon Brown started all those games and that was the coming out party for Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, all these people. And he was a big part of that offense. And um, I watched him play um, against the San Francisco uh, 49ers um, on Monday Night Football. And he was blocking really, really well. And I think Nate Solder is okay. He's won Super Bowls. I was expecting better from him. Yeah. But they they have there's a lot of bright spots there. Um, their center's okay, and they got, they just got rid of Eric Flowers again. They're doing everything they need to do. They kept him longer than they should have. Yeah. But they got rid of him. It's not like they're still keeping him now. I feel like their record wouldn't be what it is now with him there. Um, but I definitely do think if they could, I don't I don't want them to squeeze another year of Eli Manning. They just might. If they really want Justin Herbert, they might wait it out, but I think Will Greer is your best shot. And I think they could actually make a bit of a difference next year if they do grab him. But we'll go over um, the stats here. We kind of took a little tangent, but I wanted to talk about that. Eli Manning, 11 for 18. Um, he only he didn't complete one pass. No, that's only one pass he didn't complete. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. At 231 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and then you had Saquon Barkley, of course, 27 carries, 142 yards, two touchdowns, five yards per carry. Him and Zeke are pretty much literally the same player. Yeah. It's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, hes I think he was one of the best in the draft. He, honestly, for me, um, and I think I told you guys in the, in the group chat, he was the guy I wanted to get drafted by the Giants. Regardless of their offensive line, um, I think he was the best player at the moment. And if they didn't have a good offensive line, if they made it better over time, He's playing so well even with this okay line.